now. It's a blessing being back. I'm seasoned by the word this week. We pray you get a blessing from something you hear from God this week. Revelations chapter 12 verse 11 says, we're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and our testimony. And this week I have a dear special friend of mine that's going to give her testimony about what God's done for her. Her name is Tabitha Henry Rogers. Here she is. Thank you, Jason. Uh, thank you for asking me to um, come and share my story. Um, I told the Lord a long time ago that Anytime I had the opportunity, I would tell others what he had done for me. And so I'm glad to, to be able to do that today. So in order um, to really tell my story, I have to go back to my childhood for just a moment. And that's where my story really begins. My parents went through a really bad, nasty divorce when I was around 11, 12 years old. Uh, during that time period. Our home was not a happy home. Um, there was a lot of arguing and, and fussing and and fighting and things going on. And it was a very stressful time for me. So my parents divorced. And from that point on, for the next several years, I had a very tumultuous relationship with my dad. Uh, we were not in a good place, and uh, we didn't really speak a whole lot um, to one another. We were very uh, divided. Our family was very divided, and there were a lot of hurt feelings uh, from things that had transpired during the divorce. So here I was, you know, barely a new teenager, 13, around 13 years old or so. Um, living with mostly just my mother most of the time. She worked a lot. Um, most of the time it was just me and my brother there, my younger brother at home. My sister was um, older and gone away to college. So my brother and I really kind of just didn't make the very best choices, I guess. Um, we a lot of the structure that was there in our home was gone, and um, it was just a very bad time for our family and, and hard. And if you've ever lived through divorce, whether you were a child or one of the parents, you, you understand what I'm talking about. Divorce is hard on families. So I began very early on, 13, 14 years old. Feeling like I had to have a boyfriend. That's where that's where I chose to look for love and affirmation of what was missing in my life. I looked for it in a boyfriend, and so I always felt like I needed to have a boyfriend or so, you know someone to make me feel loved, someone to make me feel beautiful, someone to make me feel uh, like I was enough, good enough, and so I looked for that in boyfriends. And I never found it. And in fact, um, I would leave a relationship feeling even more worthless and even more um, distraught about who I was because oftentimes uh, these boyfriends would reject me or leave or hurt me or, you know, do things that that were not nice. 
And so uh, it just further added to my trust issues and, and, and relationship issues that I had. So here I am, uh, barely 18 years old, and um, I'm dating um, an older man at the time. He was around 24, and I had just turned 18. And I was getting ready to graduate from high school. At this point, I, um, from the outside looking in, it may appear that I had it all together. I was, I did very well academically in school. I worked. Um, I joined the military when I was 17. Went to basic training the summer between my junior senior year of high school, and. So a lot of people looked at me and thought that I had it all together, but on the inside, I was so lost and I didn't know who I was and I was striving to be everything that I thought other people wanted me to be or, or even, you know, an idea that I had in my mind of who I wanted to be. I was striving for all these things um, to make me feel enough. And that's really what I, you know, something I really want you to understand is I always felt like I had to be enough and I had to prove myself that I was enough to people. Um, so here I was, you know, once again, barely 18 years old, dating this older man and looking for affirmation and looking for love and looking for someone to fulfill me. And um, I found myself pregnant. And this just totally rocked my world. Um, I, I was devastated. I was terrified when I found out I was pregnant. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do because I was supposed to leave shortly uh, thereafter for uh, training for the military for several months. Um, I was supposed to start college after that. I had what I thought was my whole life ahead of me, and, and I, I looked at this pregnancy and just thought that my whole life had to end because I was pregnant. Um, I wondered and feared how I would take care of a child financially. I, you know, I, I was so young. I didn't have a job. I wasn't out of school yet. Um, the father of the baby was not ready to be a parent. And he made that very clear. And so I, I didn't have that support. And I just felt like I would just be all on my own. And how would I do it? And I was so scared. Um, I was afraid of disappointing everybody around me. Um, and the image, you know, that I had worked very hard to obtain. Um and so I allowed those feelings of fear and really just a lot of fear, mostly, um, lead me to searching for, for how to have an abortion. The father of the baby was on board with having an abortion. And I remember him telling me, you know, I'll help you take care of this. And by take care of this, he meant I'll help you get there to have an abortion. And abortion seemed like an easy fix to a very big problem for me. 
Now, I knew that all of my life I had heard abortion was wrong. But I couldn't really, at that time in my life, tell you why, exactly why it was wrong. Yes, I'd heard people say it was wrong, it was bad, it was killing a child, but I didn't really understand because there was a whole nother argument about how, you know, a baby isn't really a baby. It's, it's a blob of tissue up until a certain point. And of course, when you're when you're leaning toward making a, a decision, you you want to believe what's going to help you make that decision. So I wanted to believe that okay, this is early on. This is technically not even like a baby yet, or whatever. Whatever I had to tell myself to believe that this was okay, that's what I did. Even though deep down I knew. In my gut, in the core of who I was, I knew that abortion was not right and it was, wasn't the answer. But at that point in my life, I was so selfish in such a selfish place that all I could think about what, is what was going to make me okay in that, in that moment. What was going to be the best for me. And unfortunately, you know... On, and, and just being brutally honest, I wasn't thinking about the child as much as I was thinking about myself. Now, I did, I, I was concerned about, you know, just many things with health-wise with the child and how I would care for it. And, and I did tell myself, you know, a child doesn't deserve to be brought into, into the world like this with, you know, without mom and dad there to take care of it, without a stable home. So I told myself all these things to talk myself into having an abortion. And so um, we made the appointment. Um, we didn't waste any time. I knew that if I waited too long, I wouldn't do it. And so we made the appointment very, very soon. And before I knew it, we were on our way to Knoxville, Tennessee, to have an abortion. And um, the father of the baby and, and two of our friends drove me there to the clinic that day. And um, I remember walking into the abortion clinic and it was packed and the walls were lined with chairs and they were all filled and there was just many different types of people there, older women, younger women, men that were sitting there with the women and and everybody's face had this same just devastated look on it I mean it was so sad looking back on it just to see how everyone in that room was just so gloomy it was just such a sad sad place um, I was taken back into this little room where I was counseled um, by someone at the abortion clinic, which basically uh, the counseling was um, you need to pay $400 to have this done. And so I paid the money. They took me back to a room and um, had like a, a bed that was similar to maybe a, a doctor's office bed. And um, I don't remember a whole lot of detail about the specific procedure. 
I just remember laying there on that bed, <coughs> excuse me, while the procedure was being done and just feeling like part of me died right there with with my child that day. And once the procedure was over, they wheeled me off to this little room. It was a bigger room, actually, where several other women were. Um, gave me some kind of pain medication. And I sat in there maybe 15, 20 minutes or so. And um, and then it was time for me to go. And So I went and got in the back seat of the car. And I just remember burying my head in a pillow in the back seat of the car. And I just cried the entire way home from Knoxville to Barberville, Kentucky. I cried. And I knew that that from that point on, my life would not be the same. And it wasn't. It hasn't been. And I'm going to get to the better stuff later. This is the hard stuff. This is this is the hard stuff. But, you know, God definitely turned my life around. I just want you to know that. But, but that was a dark, dark moment in my life. And I was changed by it. At that point in my life, I knew that something had to give. I knew that I could not continue to live and make the choices that I was making and have any kind of a good life. Um, and so I remember I, I cried out to God. That, that's the only thing I know to do. When, when times get rough, and I even knew then that I could cry out to God, even though I was far from him at that time and I remember praying and asking God to help me and I remember asking God specifically to send someone into my life who would love me just as much as I love them no more and no less we would just love each other the same and be there for each other because that's really at the core of my heart all that I ever have really wanted is to love and be loved. And I don't think that I'm alone in that. I really think that that's the core of every human being. And the, and the desires that we have is to love and be loved. To be accepted and loved by someone in spite of our flaws and our imperfections. Just to be loved. And so... I'm going to get, I'll get to, to more of that in just a little bit. But so I prayed that prayer in just a few short months after praying that prayer and trying to get on with my life. Um, my sister and her then boyfriend, who is now her husband, um, introduced me to um, a man who would become my husband one day. I didn't know it at the time, but. So they, they wanted to set me up on a date with, um, it was my sister's boyfriend at the time, Chris, who is now her husband. It was his cousin. And so I went on Christmas Day to my brother-in-law's um, parents' house, and I met a man named Rodney Wagers, and um, we instantly kind of clicked. I gave, gave him my phone number. It was Christmas Day, 2003. 
um, he called my house for two weeks and asked for Tiffany. So I thought he was not interested because I didn't get a phone call. Uh, I didn't know he was calling and asking for Tiffany. And whoever answered the phone would say, sorry, Tiffany, there's no Tiffany that lives here. That's because my name's Tabitha, not Tiffany. <laughs> so I always uh, tell people that and they get really tickled about that. So one day my sister answers the phone and he's like, is this Crystal? She says, yes. He says, this is Rodney. I'm trying to get a hold of your sister. I've been calling and then people just say she doesn't live here. And, and she says, well, Rodney, her name's Tabitha, not Tiffany. And Rodney's like, okay. Well, so anyway, from that point on, he knew my name and we went on a, on a double date. And the rest is history. Um, so this this man God had brought into my life, Rodney. He he's just so important um, in what God has done in my life, and the way He has loved me so well um, it has just been such a picture of our heavenly Father's love. God knew who I needed in my life. He knew I needed Rodney. Um, Rodney is loyal and he's faithful and he's strong and he's steadfast and he's just exactly the person that I need in my life and God knew that Rodney was the best man that I had ever met or known and he was so good to me then he still is today but he was so good to me he loved me so well and now I tried everything I knew to push him away because I had developed a mindset of people tell you they love you but those people can't be trusted and they will leave you and they will reject you and they will hurt you so you have to get out first before that happens that's the mindset that I had developed I didn't even realize it, but it was. And so I tried to push Rodney away. I tried to make him leave me and reject me and not want me. And I, and I tried to do that. And to my surprise, Rodney was relentless in his pursuit of my, of my heart. And he wasn't willing to let me go. And that was a first for me. And it was a really big step in God opening my heart up to be able to believe that I was worthy of someone else's love. That's real important in my story. So God began to do a lot of things during this season of my life. He began to restore my relationship with my dad. In fact, my dad became one of my very, very best and closest friends right up until the day he took his last breath about five years ago. Um, God restored our re broken relationship. Um, I started going to church again, and God really started dealing with my heart about a lot of things and opening my heart up to a lot of things like forgiving forgiveness for mistakes and sins that I had committed and little by little I was coming back to life again 
as Rodney loved me, as my dad and I, our relationship was restored, and as God uh, really was in pursuit of my heart, I, I just began to come alive in a way that I didn't even know that I could. It's amazing what the love of God and the love of God through others will do for our, for our hearts and our lives. So Rodney and I, um, we take the next step. We get engaged to be married. I was young. I was I was around 20, 21. Um, but I knew that Rodney was, was the one for me. So I gladly accepted um, his proposal. And during this time that we were engaged, I had wrestled with the idea that I needed to tell Rodney about the abortion because he didn't know that I had had an abortion just a few short months before I met him. Uh, he didn't know that about me and I was afraid to tell him because I knew where he stood on a, the issue of abortion. I knew how he felt it was wrong. I had heard comments that he had made you know when it would come up on TV or something like that and I was so afraid if, if he found out that I'd had an abortion, that he would no longer love me and want to be with me, and he would think I was a horrible person. And so I was afraid to tell him. So I was at church one night with a friend of mine, and we're sitting there in the pew together. The church service is just off the chain. Amazing. The Spirit of God just moving so tangibly. God was already wrecking my heart. My friend turns around to me and she says, I feel like I need to tell you something. And I'm like, okay, well, what is it? She said, well, I don't know if I should tell you or not because you'll think I'm, you'll just think I'm crazy and, and maybe I shouldn't. And at that point, my interest was def definitely piqued. And I said, well, just tell me what it is already. So she says, well, okay, um, I had a dream about you the other night, and I feel like God wants me to share this dream with you. And she said, in my dream, um, you were kneel, kneeling down at the altar praying, and God and I were standing above you watching you pray. And she said, I don't know what you were praying about. She said, but God said to me, I don't know why she keeps asking me to forgive her for that. I've already forgiven her. And in that moment, something broke inside of me. And this flood of emotion and gratefulness and awe just rushed over me. I was overwhelmed with many emotions in that moment because... Number one, my friend did not know that I had had an abortion in my past. Number two, my friend did not know that every single time I would pray, I would ask God to forgive me for having an abortion. My friend did not know any of these things, yet here she was speaking to me about something so deep and personal that I knew it was from God. There was no question that God had given her that dream to share with me. And he had ordained that moment for her to share that with me, to set me free. And there was so much freedom that came to me that day. 
that evening, sitting in that church pew, when God gave me a glimpse of how much he loves me, and that I was forgiven the very first time I cried out to him and asked him for forgiveness. And so much guilt and shame that I was carrying began to melt away that day. And I left there a total wreck. I cried the entire way home. I was just messed up by the Lord's love. You ever been there? It's an amazing place to be. But I knew on the way home that I had to go home and tell Rodney that I had had an abortion. That was that was going to be difficult. But I went home. I said, Rodney, I have to tell you something. He he probably looked at me, and I know I looked a hot mess because I had just been so wrecked in the spirit. And I said, I've got to talk to you about something really serious. And so we laugh about it now because he, he says he thought that I was going to tell him I didn't want to marry him. So he's like, well, what is it? So I couldn't even look him in the eyes. I literally buried my face in a pillow and told them that I'd had an abortion before I met him. And Rodney's response um, to what I told him was yet another wave, like another wave of God's love and grace in my life. He just held me while I cried, and he told me that he loved me. And when I asked him if he still wanted to be with me, he kind of laughed a little bit like, Really? Are you asking me that? Of course he did. And um, it's just more more freedom for me. Because I had so condemned myself for that mistake that I made. Um, that I just didn't didn't really believe in my heart that it was redeemable. But God was opening my heart up to show me that all things are redeemable. When we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's scriptural. And he was showing me that. And I was so thankful and grateful. So God just began, that was, that, that's just a, a little bit of a smidgen of what God was doing in my heart, of what I'm being able to tell you. He did so many things in my heart during this time. Ronnie and I ended up getting married and things were going really great in our lives. I had finally surrendered my heart and life fully to Jesus. I was rebaptized. Um, I had been baptized when I was around 11 or 12 years old. Um, but I really strayed far from the Lord. And so I wanted to be baptized again. Um, I was around 21 this time because I wanted the world to know that I was giving my life to Jesus. This Jesus who saved me and delivered me and was healing me. He was so worthy. He proved himself to be so worthy to me for me to lay my life down to him. And I did, and I wanted everyone to know, so I was rebaptized. And um, I just was in such a, a much better place in my life, a place I never even knew I could be. 
uh, Rodney and I and his mom, we, we worked with the youth at our church. And it was just such a time of growth for us. Um, I started a new uh, career path in teaching. I originally went to, to college and, and got an accounting degree. But God led me to be a teacher. So I laid that down and, and followed what I felt like God was calling me to do. I'm still a teacher today. I love it. It's my calling. It's a passion uh, that I have. And, and I know that, that it's where God wants me to be. So everything just seemed to be going really well um, until Rodney and I decided we wanted to try to have a child. So we try, started trying. A year goes by, nothing. Two years goes by, nothing. At this point, we knew that something probably wasn't right. So we went to the doctor. Both of us were checked out. They ended up putting me on infertility medication. So I took that for a while. Nothing happened. Um, we tried artificial insemination. Nothing happened. And so basically the doctor said, you know, the last resort is in vitro, which is a very lengthy and expensive process for trying to get pregnant. So we agreed that we, we wanted to try it. So we went to Cincinnati to an infertility specialist there. And we did two rounds of in vitro. It took a very long time. Um, it's a very long process, uh, a little bit stressful. And both times I did not get pregnant. The first time I tested positive for pregnancy after two weeks, but um, I started bleeding and, and miscarried very, very early on. Um, so very disappointed. Um, years at this point, we were probably four years into trying to have a baby. And of course, in my, in the back of my mind, the enemy is pounding me with, this is what you deserve. This is what you deserve. How do you think that you deserve a baby after what you did? And I didn't want to believe those lies from the enemy. But if I'm being honest, I almost agreed with the enemy. Um, that I no, I don't deserve a baby. What what am I thinking? This is this is my punishment. This is what happens to people who have abortions. And I I was I just I got in a really, you know, just a um a funk, so to speak, um spiritually. And I was really struggling with God. I believed that God wanted me to be a mother. I believed God wanted to bless me with a child. But on the other side, I was battling these thoughts of, I don't deserve her. I don't deserve a child. I don't deserve this. Um, so when we went back to the, the infertility doctor the second time, and he and he sat down and had a talk with us after I had a negative pregnancy test. He all but said, you know, if you'll try this one more time, I can I will just about guarantee you that you will get pregnant. 
But God had been dealing with my heart from the, the story of Abraham and Sarah in the Bible. I had been reading about it. And in my study Bible, um, it talked about how Sarah had the promise that God gave her, but she took the promise into her own hands. And that God showed me that that is what I was trying to do. Now, I'm going to stop here because we're almost out of time. But you need to tune in next week to hear the rest of my story because my story is far from over. And I want you to tune in to hear about how God redeemed so much in my life and how he has blessed me and helped me to overcome. Thank you for listening today and tune in next week to hear the rest of the story. Thank you and God bless.